Welcome back in Vermont Viewpoint here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, I was just like swimming in my floaties like two weeks ago, and now I'm already thinking about the dead of winter and hockey season. Catamount Hockey opens up this weekend. Catamount women's team is opening up. Catamount men's team is opening up. The men's team opens up tomorrow night in their TD Bank opener against the University of Connecticut. We're right into conference play in Hockey East to start this. And at the helm of the Catamount program in his third year is our friend Todd Woodcroft. Todd, I'm out of my traditional sports bubble. This is more uh, kind of human interest stuff here. So I have some different questions for you than usual. But uh, how are you? Happy Friday. Well, to be honest, I'm a little disturbed right now thinking about you and floaties. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to be able to go to work today uh, <laughs> perform on the ice for our guys, but I'm doing real well, Brady. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. Excited for Catamount Hockey again. Third year for you. It's really year two and a half because you, you, you started in the pandemic year, which was so short and then so disjointed. But uh, year three officially for you. Opening night tomorrow. You and the boys ready? Excited? I think we are. We've been we've been really focused uh, since our last game against Providence last year in the playoffs. We lost two to one, uh, and we, we our message is somewhere was just about keeping our powder dry. We we knew that we were much better than our record showed. Uh, we weren't really focused on the record. We were just worried about our process. We feel that our conf- our, our process is right. We're confident in it. So. All summer long, ever since uh, March 10th, really, we've been getting ready, working towards this first game we have tomorrow night against UConn. You know, I love the process of building. I love the process of development. And, and I believe that you have been disciplined in your approach to those things. You know, year one, it was about getting systems in place. Year two, it was about recruiting players to fit those systems. And here in year three, I've heard you ratchet up, not pressure, but I've heard you ratchet up the expectations to say, now it is time to turn those systems and processes into winning. So it sounds like a uh, a season with some different expectations for you. Well, the, the first year in 12 games, really, we were in a situation that weren't really ready to win anything big. We pounded the positive every single day, but we addressed the areas that needed uh, an honest appraisal, I guess. And we tried to build confidence through repetition on our systems. But now we're at a point where we're talking about a culture of performance. So we have revisited our processes. We did make sure that they're right. We have done some tweaking. And when we came into training camp to start this year, the first question we asked our players was, are we better than we were yesterday? Because that really is winning. You know, and, you know, we, we've got taught some hard lessons uh, through some games. Um, last year, there was really only three times that I that I was not proud of the way that we played. But at some point, you're either the team that uh, learns the hard lesson or you're the team that teaches the hard lesson. So we haven't talked a ton about results, but now we have to start to produce some. You know, it's very interesting. So I played college baseball, and I would play baseball in college from, you know, January until May, and then I'd go home, and I'd play summer baseball, and I'd play for another two or three months, and then I'd go back to school, and I'd be playing baseball again. It was easy to to kind of play baseball and train for baseball. Basketball is the same way. I can go to the local Y and play a pickup game. Hockey is a lot different. What do your players do in the off season to – Get in shape, stay in shape, because it's not easy to find ice for some of these players, and it's a you know it's a team sport that these guys have to do work on individually. 
Well, I, I imagine that many of the listeners uh, who either enjoy hockey or have children who are playing hockey understand that it's a, it's a pretty uh, expensive sport. And the players that I'm fortunate enough to stand behind every day, these are players who have professional aspirations. Like These are players who have a chance to go and have a career playing hockey. But that's not the reality for 99% of the people who get to play this game. This is a game for girls and boys to learn a lot of life lessons, in my opinion, anyway. You're learning how to win gracefully, how to lose gracefully, how to treat teammates, how to have empathy, how to treat authority, how to treat officials, how to treat the arena or whatever the playing field might be. So, you know, hockey, I come from Toronto, which is kind of the, the mecca of hockey. And the way that I've seen young players just only take one sport, I'm actually personally disappointed. I can't speak for every every single coach in the world, but I think children need to be athletes first if you're going to pursue a sport. And for me, that means not just playing hockey this summer. I, I look at kids nowadays. I haven't seen a kid climb a tree in about 15 years. There's, hmm. Maybe there's an app for it. I don't know, Brady. They can <laughs> go on their phone and pretend to climb a tree, but you, you don't see kids outside as much. They're all glued to their screens and, and, and not as active as it used to be when, when I was young and I'm way older than you, but you know, even your generation, Brady, like you guys would be outside, you'd be throwing the ball or you'd be throwing mm-hmm. a ball against wall and catching it or somebody pitching to you and you hitting them or whatever it might be. I, I think kids need to be athletes first and almost hockey players second. So I, I'd like to see them play other sports. I'd like to see uh, sports that are similar to ice hockey and that might be lacrosse or soccer or basketball games that are also uh invasion games where you're trying to invade space and be part of a team and then you gotta have some fun too you gotta climb a tree or go swimming in the (laughs) pond or go fishing Todd Woodcroft, UVM men's hockey coach. Their season kicks off tomorrow night, the TD Bank opener against UConn. I've got two rinkside seats to give away to that. We're going to do that in about five minutes. So I'm going to be pay, be paying attention, listeners, because I'm going to have a trivia question in order to win those tickets. And, Todd, you've got a fascinating background, right? You've coached all over the world. You've coached you've coached in, for national teams in Belarus and Sweden. You've coached for Team Canada. You have uh, coached in the NHL with the Winnipeg Jets. That's where you were previously to UVM. Um, why was college hockey the spot for you ultimately to land? Because you had never been in college hockey in any of your last 20 years of coaching. Why was UVM, why was college the right move for you? Well, I've never been in American college hockey, but uh, from up the road in McGill, I was. True. And, yes, true. My uh, mistake. My, 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 my older brother, Craig, had played at uh, Colgate, and I had seen um, the gut itself, uh, and it wasn't so much college hockey that I was uh, attracted to. I was attracted to UVM specifically. So, full disclosure, I had been offered uh, two different NCAA jobs uh, since about 2009. I'd been offered jobs, and they weren't places that I wanted to go. Uh, when I had a chance to come and visit here and see the potential. Uh, to know that I had the support of the athletic department, that I would have um, a big say in the direction of this team and bringing in the people that I thought would help us make this come back to be a powerhouse again, and also to have the patience, knowing that progress is hard and we did not want to skip any steps in our plan because sometimes 
teams will cheat for that. You might find a player, for example, in recruiting that you think is going to help score goals, which we have a hard time doing. But if they're not part of your plan or your process, that's kind of like cutting corners. And we're a team really believes in no shortcuts. So I wasn't that I was specifically attracted to just NCAA hockey. I was attracted to NCAA hockey in the perfect situation, which turned out to be Vermont. You know, I, I think on the outside, we look at it and say, in the NHL, you're working 365 days a year. It's 81, it's, it's 81 games. It's, it's an insane schedule. You come to college hockey, it's 30 games. It's got to be a lot easier. I, I don't think that that's probably the case, though, when you get down to the nitty gritty. Talk to me a little bit just about the differences in NHL coaching versus college coaching and kind of the time commitment to both. Well, I've found anyway, when you get here, players don't really care where you come from. They they don't really care what you can do. They care what you can do for them. So having an NHL pedigree is great. It affords me a lot of stories. It affords me a lot of uh, experience from being around people who are way smarter than me. And I can share that experience with the players but I don't think that a good coach is going to be a good coach by telling people what to do. You, you, you lead them by getting to do what they're capable of doing. And I'm lucky that I've had so many good influences on me that I can share that with these players. And I think they're getting a different perspective than just the typical NCAA college hockey coach that had been an assistant coach somewhere else. And those are all great experiences, too. This is just a unique one. And we talk in our team all the time about our unique story. And I think that's a, l- a little piece of it. But at the end of the day, Brady, when the game starts, I just prepare the, I just prepare the team. That's my job is to prepare them how we play. Um, I don't think there's anything as impossible when you're playing. I just personally believe that there's inadequate preparation. If you're not prepared, you don't have a chance to succeed. I learned uh, in 20 years uh, that preparation is really a big a big part of your team's success. So I think the work ethic that our staff has here, and Steve Wheedler and Scott Mosher and Drew Michaels and Brendan Bradley and Patrick Sharp, like we have all created this plan together. It doesn't mean that it's easy, right? Anybody can make a plan. That's simple. But if you're trying to build something sustainable, that takes time and commitment and experience. And with the sum of all the coaches on this staff and the belief in the process from the athletic department, I know the direction this team is going. I want this to be the last job I ever have in my life. I love it here. I love it here. And I see the potential of what we're going to be. And I'm so thankful for even just for the opportunity to be here. I'm fired up for the season. I'm not even playing now. I'm ready to run through a wall myself <laughs> tomorrow night. So, well, you're, you're you're a big guy. We can throw you in front of that, Brady. You got to be with six five, six six. We'll just throw you in front of that. Nobody's coming around you. I promise. Six five, six eight on skates. I'm sure, but a little a little thin <laughs> though. I don't know how much enforcing I could do. We're talking with Todd Woodcroft, <laughs> UVM men's hockey coach. Hey, Todd, we got to pay the bills. Can I take a quick commercial break and come right Please. back to you? Please. All right, so we'll get to Todd in a second. I've got ringside tickets for tomorrow night to give away. The TD Bank opener will do that when we come back next. here on WDEV. This is Vermont Viewpoint.
It is Vermont Viewpoint here on WDEV. We're talking with UVM men's hockey coach Todd Woodcroft. He was previously the assistant coach for the Winnipeg Jets, and now he's in year three with your Catamounts. Open up the season tomorrow night against UConn. It is the TD Bank opener, so we're going to welcome Todd back in. But here's the goal. I want to tire Dandy, our producer, out because I want to give away a pair of ringside <laughs> tickets, a pair of ringside tickets to tomorrow's game. Here's the plan. They're free tickets. You pick them up at will call. It's that simple. But you have to know the trivia question. If you've been listening you should know this who was todd woodcroft uh, who was todd woodcroft coaching before he got to uvm okay before he got to uvm who was todd woodcroft coaching caller number five at 244-1777 that's 244-1777 i'm going to talk to todd danny's going to answer the phones let's tire him out so todd you've coached all over the world i said belarus sweden canada how many different languages do you speak I'm not sure I even speak English that well, to be honest, sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, have, I have a lot of pieces of different languages. Uh, I, I, speak, well, I speak very good French, I believe. Um, my Russian is, is a decent Russian. My Swedish is a workable Swedish. And then after that, I don't know, I got a little bit of Italian. I seem to have an ear for languages. I took some in, I took Italian in college. and uh, Just when you live in those places, I lived in, I lived in Russia for a year. You know, if you want to order chicken, you you better learn how to say chicken in, in Russian because there's not a lot of uh, menus that have English in the menus or you go to a grocery store. So if you want to survive, uh, it's important that you learn the culture. I, I thought actually personally, Brady, it was very important that any culture that I was in, I learned how to say hello, goodbye, please, thank you, and excuse me hmm. in all the cultures that I was in, whether you're on the subway or they're in line somewhere, so I, I got that in a bunch of languages. It was it was often a joke in Winnipeg uh, that the uh, you know the players would come in from so many different cultures, and I would say hello or good morning or whatever it would be. And, and the head coach Paul Maurice, he thought I was uh, Jason Bourne from uh, from Bourne Identity movies. He, he just kept asking me that, but it, it's helped me along the way so much because we have many international students here, and I'm able to just say good morning to them in their language and that might seem like a small detail but it allows them to feel home because don't forget these these are young men you know and you know 18 years old away from home and if you're away from home from Slovakia or you're from Finland or you're from Germany or wherever you might be from if somebody can say just good morning to you uh, in your native language I think that goes a long way We've got the the phone lines are ringing off the hook. People want tickets to that TD Bank opener tomorrow night, Catamounts against UConn at the gut. So uh, Danny's answering the phone lines. We'll have a winner here for you shortly as long as you can get that trivia question. You know, you mentioned Jason Bourne. I'm big into spy shows. It's like really the only non-sports thing that I watch. And every great spy has stories about every place they've been to and every nook and cranny of the world. I feel like you are that person who's got like a, a favorite restaurant in this international city and a breakfast spot in there and a, a bar in that area. You've got to have great stories about places all over the world. I, I've had some experiences that people wouldn't believe. Uh, you know, with the coaches here on our staff, like we're, we're always laughing when I tell them things that had happened or things that I've seen along the way, uh, especially in Eastern Europe. Um, so sometimes I actually have to call somebody and say, hey, can you corroborate this story that, we went to a restaurant and uh, they brought out some brains to eat or, you know, that we got uh, robbed in this country or you know, whatever it would be. It's, it's uh, 
Someday I should write a book, but I don't know if a lot of people would read it. So I'm, I'm just happy there's people calling in for the tickets and to know that, which is which is great. We've actually walked around here because um, we have the big construction project going on. So we, we felt it was necessary. The men's hockey staff felt it would be a really big thank you to the people at PC, PC Construction. We've given them all tickets to UVM Police Services for all the fantastic work they do we've invited all them to come i know on sunday we have kids 12 and under if you're wearing a hockey jersey for our game against yukon you can get in and then a big thing for us tomorrow night is the new jersey which even our players haven't seen which is awesome yeah new jerseys tomorrow for the catamounts uh i got a little preview of them they look sweet so you can go and uh, and see our winner, by the way, the tickets was Lou. So Lou won our ringside tickets. Lou can pick them up at will call. We'll be in. Our people will call Lou's people after the show and get them all set up. Um, Thanks, t- Lou. Yeah, tell me some. T- t- I mean, I don't need the, this, the full stories, but uh, tell me some of the coolest places that you have been around the world. Uh, I've been to just about every city in Russia. Um, you know, and and like the nooks and crannies, I've been to. You know, way up north, I've been in Siberia. I spent uh, eleven summers a row in a row in Siberia, um, <laughs> building building a hockey academy with Pavel Datsuk, who's a famous player for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and why that's important is the, the humility of that man, who is arguably top ten best hockey players of all time, and he assembled a, a staff of. Uh, professionals from from overseas in North America, and we went and we built an academy um, for young Russian players for free. Like he, it was a nonprofit, mm. and, and he built this thing over eleven summers. And the amount of players that have come through that academy that are now playing, and funnily enough, one of them actually plays at UVM, uh, Timofey Spitsarov, mm. and last year Phil Laganov. They were two guys that had come through that program, so. I've been all I've been all through you know Poland. I've been in the top parts of Poland and in Belarus, of course, and you know I coach Switzerland and Sweden, all over Sweden. Just great, great, great experiences that allow you to do other things too. I'm a big history buff. I was able to be in France and and you know see some of the the, the war sites that were there. Vimy Ridge. I'm a Canadian, so I got to go to Vimy and spend a day on a tour there and. Just really, really cool experiences that have uh, helped shape me, even just as a coach. It's been amazing. I'm I'm the luckiest coach in the history of the world. Obviously, you've seen them all, but who are among the NHL greats who have kind of left you in awe that you've seen on the ice personally? Uh, I mean, that's you know, we would have a 16-hour conversation. (laughs) Growing up, I was uh, growing up, I was a Brian Trottier fan from the New York Islanders. I knew everything about him and his birthday and where he was from. And I wore number 19 early because of him. And, and then I got it really, uh, really excited about Ray Bork. Uh, the people from around here would obviously recognize Ray from being with the Bruins for so long. He was one of my favorite people. And, and side note, he came up and introduced himself to me when I was in Washington. And I both hmm. had my job break as, you know, as Ray Bork. And Coming through the next bunch of years, I always thought Nick Lidstrom was about as perfect a player as you could get. Obviously, Pavel, not because he's one of my uh, best friends, but because of the way that he played. And then through the modern area, you get to see guys like Connor McDavid play and 
the game has changed so much since we were young guys, or even from when John LeClaire was playing at UVM, the game has evolved. The modern game is so different than it was then, but I think all those players uh, would still be stars in this era right now. I, that's why I like all those players and getting to see them and, some of those guys I got to know, I got to work with Nick Lidstrom, which was one of the greatest moments of my life, uh, being able to, to work with him for about six weeks. Well, we know how how important hockey is to international countries. So one of my favorite questions for players is, would you rather win a Stanley Cup or win an Olympic gold medal? And to watch them turn their brains into pretzels about that is pretty interesting. <laughs> I'll ask you a different version of the same question. I know you're a family guy. You love your family. Your brother, Jay is the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers right now. So what would you rather have? An Oilers title for him or a UVM national championship? That's the easiest question in the world because I don't want the national championship for me. I want it for these players. Of course, I'm cheering for Jay, and he's lucky enough to have won the Cup once in 2008. But I'm going to take these guys over anybody else all day long. This is this is my new family, and Jay is my best friend and the guy I cheer for most in the world. Uh, but we have an obligation to this team to drive them towards that, and I'm not going to rest. Our coaching staff does not have an off button until we get to that spot. So I'm hoping we win that before Jay wins his cup. Uh, I'm confident they are going to win one, but I'm also confident that we're on the right track to get to ours first. Todd Woodcroft, UVM men's hockey coach. Season starts tomorrow night. The TD Bank opener against UConn also playing on Sunday. Both games at the gut. I'm pumped. You're pumped. Lose. Go into the game, courtesy of WDEV. Todd, we appreciate it. Appreciate the chance to sit down with you for a half an hour. We'll talk again on the Brady Farkas show soon. But uh, good luck this weekend, and we'll be following along. And, Brady, I just, I just personally wanted to say thank you to you uh, we did the coaching summit, uh, a, a, a free coaching summit for hockey coaches, um, you know, at the beginning of the month that the people at the Windjammer and Handy's Toyota were so kind to support for youth coaches. But for you personally, you gave one of your Saturdays away to come and to help us and help moderate it. And I think your listeners should know that your your dedication to youth sports and youth coaches is is high level. So for me to you, I just wanted to thank you for that. I really, really, really appreciated that. Always good for my ego, Coach. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Take care, Brady. Thank you. Todd's the best. Listeners are the best. Hopefully I didn't screw this up too bad. We'll see you.